Psychotherapy with Dr. Fia. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the relationship between our hair, our health, and our heritage. For my fourth season, I'm speaking with folks about the politics of appearance. In this episode, we will discuss African aesthetics and African spirituality. As spirituality is often the basis of work on mental health and even hair care. I'll be having a conversation with Babaseku Olayenka a Babalao which is an initiated priest in the spiritual system of Ifa amongst the Yoruba people of Nigeria. Baba Seku is a jack of all trades and never backs down from sharing his well-researched opinion on a variety of topics. He was born and raised in Philadelphia within a large and influential family that re-Africanized by exploring the greatest of our African traditions in modern day. He is also now known for his beautiful family and his pride in being a balanced husband and father to five children. He provides spiritual consultations and readings, as well as educates families on Iwapele, the Yoruba concept of good character. Babaseku plays a special part in my life as he officiated my wedding, and I also accompanied him to make my first trip to Nigeria, where we stayed with a family for a few weeks and this family comes from generations and generations of Babalao. So I'm so excited to have him in my home right now to record this very special episode. So thank you, Baba Seku, for participating. You're quite welcome. <laughs> I'm honored to be on the show. So I'm just so happy that you can speak to listeners about African spirituality. So tell me, how did you and your family begin this journey in exploring African spirituality here in the U.S.? Well, that story starts with my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was born in North Carolina, um, but he moved to New York uh, City in around the age of 11, 12 years old, mm-hmm. junior high school. Um, he didn't finish high school. And in those days, you could go into the uh, armed services without a high school diploma. Really? So he ended up, yeah, he ended up going <laughs> into the uh, U.S. Marine Corps. And uh, while out on, you know, in the Philippines or somewhere in Southeast Asia, um, he said he came up, he was, uh, he, they were... Uh, on leave, and he came across uh, an album in Southeast Asia by a man who had become a friend of his uh, uh, a couple years later, uh, Baba Tunde Olatunji. Mm. I think it was his first album. I do believe it was Drums, 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 if I'm not mistaken, but don't quote me on that. But he said he he saw the record, and he said he, he, he bought it. And I do believe he was in the Philippines. He said he had a feeling at that time that this record, would, and something about this record would play a big part in his life. Mm. Uh, Couple years later, he's back stateside, and he's back in New York. And you know, we all know about the, the famous Harlem uh, street, you know, uh, uh, talker, you know, street mm-hmm. preacher, so to speak. Like, you know, like how that, Malcolm X used like to be. Like Malcolm X, okay. yeah. Okay. You know, you had to get your step ladder out there, and everybody. <laughs> so my father said he was up there, and, and it, somehow rather he came about. He he became aware of the. Uh, they called himself back, you know, the Yorubas back in that day, which are you know African Americans who had, who have recently began to adopt and, and research and get into E um, five. Um, we call it today, but in those days they called it Yoruba religion. And one thing led to another, and my father became uh, a part of the temple, which was in, uh, in those days known as, uh, oh, wow, I think it was the African Theological Arts Ministry or the Yoruba Theological Arts Ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was headed by Oba Osurjiman Adilabwa Defumi I, mm-hmm. who would later go on to found and, and establish the Oyotunji village. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, in uh, okay. Sheldon, South Carolina in 1970. Yeah. But this is the early 60s, 60, 60 okay. 61. My father was 19, 20 years old. Wow. So he 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 is the, the the conduit by which my family becomes a part of African spirituality. It began with his conversion mm-hmm. um, as, as, a, as a young man. Mm, okay. And so he really set that foundation for your family. But I'm wondering, as a kid in the... Around what years were you born, Bobby? You don't have to say, but growing up. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not ashamed of my age. I was born in 1966. Okay, so so growing up in the 70s, mm-hmm. how did African spirituality look in, for your family at that time? Like growing up as a kid, how was it integrated into your life? Well, it was, in the home, it was everything. You know, we, we, we had shrines everywhere. My parents were both initiated uh, into the quote-unquote priesthood um, when I was one, so hmm. 1967, August 67, I'm 13 months old. My, my parents are being initiated up in the Bronx, New York. Really? So uh, it's all I've ever known. I've never, we never did anything else, you know. Hmm. So, and I'm the oldest of, of seven. So as, as the children came, you know, this is all we've ever done. Uh, in the 70s, it wasn't quite as cool or as popular <laughs> as it is today to, to be wearing beads and wearing white clothes sometimes, you know, and wearing African clothes and having African names and stuff like that. In those days, you know, it was, it was different. It was very, very different. You, you stood out um, when you made a statement. You know, when, when my parents would put us in, in, in traditional African clothing or we'd wear white, you know, sometime and have our beads and stuff on, we stood out like sore thumbs. Mm. We, we paid, you know, a social cost for that with our <laughs> neighbors and friends and you know, a lot of times. Um, but uh, it was it was a good thing as well because it's, it, it, it hardened us in the sense that we, we, we became, um, I think it ultimately made us more committed to the tradition as we got older. Um, we also became a lot more, um, and certain ones of my siblings, even today, are more skeptical of people who convert to the tradition. And they're, they're looking at people because... They, like my my siblings will say you know they didn't have to pay the price that we had to pay. They coming into it now when everything is cool. It's, it's cool to have beads on. It's cool to be have a Bible loud. <laughs> you know we were growing up it wasn't cool. You know so my my my, my siblings are a lot more circumspect when people are coming around and they're a little bit more. You know they want they, they they drive a harder bargain. You know when mm-hmm. people claim that they want to get into into E five tradition. Mm. And then even how did that look as you age, like as a teenager or in your 20s? How did it look in terms of maintaining your African spiritual systems and negotiating relationships and school and all of that? Wow, very good question. Um, as I got older, uh, it became, uh, in college, it became a little easier because you're in a different kind of environment. You're in an academic environment. People are searching. Uh, I, was a politi- I was a political activist on campus or student mm. activist, I should say. And uh, a lot of uh, my peers were, were, were studying Kemet and ancient Egyptian religion and, and looking into African religions and stuff like that. That's what you do when you're in college. <laughs> so it became a little easier to, 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 to express it. But even then, I, I was still kind of reluctant to do so because um, it had always been a private thing. You know, it was something that my brothers and sisters, we never were ashamed of it. We understood the power of it. But it wasn't anything we wanted to broadcast either because of the unnecessary uh, uh, attention and often un- unnecessary negative attention that it bought from us, or bought to us, I should say. Um, as far as like the relationships and all, having girlfriends and all, yeah, you know, it, and I didn't have too many girlfriends in high school. But once I got to college age and I began to, you know, to date and and to, and to have, um, you know, girlfriends and things like that, it was always something in the back of my mind. It was always something that I knew that if I was going to get serious with a girl one day, I had to, that was a hurdle I had to negotiate. <laughs> you know, we don't go to church on Sunday. You know, <laughs> we don't go to church on Friday either. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we, we uh, so that was always something. So every young lady that I dated, I always dated with that, with not everyone, but the ones as I got older and became more serious and more conscious about who I was going to marry, I always had that in the back of my mind. She, I understood that this young lady 
would have to be a person that could understand, accept, and come into E5 tradition at a minimum. And uh, so it was always on my mind. I never, ever, you know, I had fun. I, I didn't, I'm not saying every young lady I dated, I had that in <laughs> mind with, but the ones I was serious about, yeah. I, I made sure that they met that, that pre-qualification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's even interesting as you say that, I'm thinking about my relationship with my husband in mm-hmm. terms of he really introduced me mm-hmm. to this spiritual system. I think I had been exploring, like from college, mm-hmm. yes. to see what was a good fit and kind of seeing someone who... Um, followed a certain tradition that I became intrigued and interested Mm -hmm. in more. But I'm mindful that you've taken a deeper step than a lot of people who practice African spirituality. You've actually gotten um, initiated and gone deeply to identify as a Baba Lao. How long did that process take? Was it something that was a few days? Did it take years? Um, And even with that process, did you feel like you had to face certain challenges or sacrifices more than other people along the way to, to become um, initiated? Mm. Good question. <laughs> um, I'm happy you like my questions. Uh, <laughs> my first initiation was as, as an Olorisha, mm. of, uh, Olorisha to the Orisha Obatala mm. that happened in November 1994. Okay. So, so how I, old were you then? I'm trying, I was I'm trying 28. to follow your time. I was okay. about 28. 28. Um, Ever since I was a child, uh, I've known that I had to be initiated mm-hmm. to, uh, to to at least to Obatala at that time, and, and and even subsequent divinations or sub- subsequent readings revealed that I would go on beyond just being initiated to Obatala mm-hmm. to being initiated to Ifa. So I, I was always aware of that. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the difference between being initiated to Obatala versus? Well, it's not a difference. It's just it's just it's consider it uh, as an analogy. It's like being a part of different orders, if you will. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, when you are when you get divination or, or what people call commonly called readings, uh, the, the, these these patterns that come out reveal to you certain energies or certain what we call orisha forces of nature. Uh, some people use the word deities, which I don't particularly care for, but if that helps people to understand, we'll use it. And so there's a galaxy, if you will, or a, a, a menu of orisha that are going to be instrumental in a particular person's life. Um, so, and in our tradition, we said it's 401 different Orisha, but there might be 8, 10, 12 that are very, very important for a particular person in this particular incarnation of mm-hmm. their life. And in various aspects of their life, one of those Orisha may become more prominent or more involved in that person's life based on where they are, what they're doing, what they're trying to accomplish. And some may recede, some may step up. So, as a young man, I was, you know, I was always marked for Obatala. Obatala um, was, was the Orisha I was marked for, and if I was always coming up. So it's not that they're different. It's just that I got initiated to Obatala first, and then later on I got initiated to Egungun, which is an ancestral mm-hmm. uh, uh, society. It's the it's a ancestral uh, order, if you will, and then Ifa, and then I still have other initiations I have to undergo. I'm, I'm, I have to go to uh, receive uh, initiation to Olokun, which is the Orisha. Mm-hmm. Olokun is the Orisha of the the deep ocean. He, he's, mm-hmm. he's associated with the ocean and health and wealth and things like that. So it doesn't end, you know, and, and these shrines, you take on these responsibilities because these energies are very, very, again, instrumental for your life. They're very, very instrumental in your uh, evolution. And we're also instrumental in your evolution. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was always taught that the Orisha are assigned or we're assignments to the Orisha, you know. So the Orisha are evolving as well. Mm-hmm. As we evolve as their so-called uh, worshipers or as, as their as their as their children or, or students or, or brides, if you will, our evolution contributes to their evolution as well. Wow. 
So it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's again symbiotic. You know, mm-hmm. we're 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 asking and beseeching the Orisha to come into our lives to help us to do and to achieve the things that we uh, are supposed to achieve in this lifetime as our destiny. But as a result of doing that, and as a result of being uh, obedient mm-hmm. and, 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 and and submissive to the will of the Creator as assigned to us through our destiny, which again, this is what you're going to get divination for, mm-hmm. so you know what to do and what not to do, and you, if you adhere to what to do, that not only helps you, it also helps the deity. It also helps the Orisha to evolve and to grow and to, to, to you know, become its better self. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it, it's symbiotic. I, I never thought about it like that before. <laughs> I, I've definitely think, thought of it as one-sided, and so I'm just thinking about the reciprocity that exists in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But so you were bringing up the different Orishas. I would like you to talk a little bit more about, um, I guess, the most prominent ones or the, the ones that come up the most in the spiritual work um, based on your practices mm-hmm. and just kind of give some personality traits. Okay. Um, if even people are curious about what each one does or can mm-hmm. be associated with, even as they understand themselves okay. and their personality. Okay. Well, before I begin that, I'll, I'll recommend a good book to your, to your uh, listeners. Uh, a good book to explain the concept of some of the major Orisha is a book called uh, Black Gods, Orisha Studies in the New World mm-hmm. by John Mason. Um, excellent book. Um, very, very, uh, you can read it in, 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 a, in an afternoon. You know, if you sat down, you probably could read it in about an hour, you know, 45 minutes if you're really excited. Um, <laughs> and uh, it talks about, you know, the different parts of the body that each Orisha um, is, is associated with. It has um, some of the feast days as, uh, as uh, celebrated by the uh, African Cubans. Mm-hmm. There's the Cuban mm-hmm. feast days for the different Orisha, which tend to line up with some of the Catholic saint days, because in Cuba mm-hmm. there's a syncretism mm-hmm. between um, traditional Yoruba religion, or what we call Ifa today, Ifa Orisha tradition, and the Catholic tradition, and they call that Santeria, mm-hmm. also known as uh, Regla de uh, Lucumi. So these, these, the, 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 there's a syncretization there, but that book is, is, is very, very good. But some of the major Orisha are, uh, well, we, we have to begin with the beginning with Eshu, also known as Elegba here in the New World in, in the Western Hemisphere, but in Nigeria it's referred to as Eshu. Eshu is a uh, very, very powerful Orisha, probably the most powerful Orisha. He's mm-hmm. one we call Olo Paolo Dumare. He's the policeman of, 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 of the creator. He's the policeman of God, for lack of a better term. Um, Eshu is the owner of Ashe. Ashe is that vital force that allows things to happen. And he was, Ashe is, uh, I think there's a Hindu, they call it prana. Mm. Uh, the Asians, uh, Chinese call it chi. The Yoruba call it Ashe. Ashe is the, is the energy that, that flows between everything. You know, energy is constantly moving, changing form, back and forth. All, and Shu is the Orisha that controls uh, Ashe. And Shu brings things together. He tears things apart. Mm. He, can, he can build you up. He can take you down. And Shu is the, is, we also call him the divine communicator. Mm. So Shu is very, very powerful. And he must be supplicated. He must be, he must be dealt with. And he must be satisfied or else everything you can do could come to nothing. Mm. That energy is, wow. is, is has to be so. We, he's like the bag man, you know what I mean? You know, he's gonna he's the, he's the tax man. He's gonna get his, you know. Also, he's gonna <laughs> shut everything down for you. Uh, there's Ogun, who's associated with iron. He's associated with oaths. He's associated with anybody or anything that makes their living dealing with uh, uh, metal, iron, steel. So, people who are train engineers, policemen, surgeons, uh, smiths of all kinds, blacksmiths and things like that. Uh, that's a, a associated with Ogun. Uh, some of the female deities, Oshun, associated with freshwater rivers. Mm-hmm. 
she's associated with uh, with beauty, the mirror. Um, these are some of her symbols. Oshun is is associated with with attraction, mm-hmm. the idea of attraction. Oshun is also associated with sociability. She's she her her energy is the energy that allows human beings to live in close proximity to one another in peace. This idea of living in cities, you know, that's a relatively new phenomenon. For mm-hmm. tens of thousands of years, human beings lived on the veld. We lived out, you know, on the we chased after the <laughs> you know the animals with the seasons, you know. Mm-hmm. But human beings with the advent of agriculture, you know, we we have become more and more urbanized. Mm-hmm. And Oshun is that aspect that we need to appeal to in order for, for, for people to be able to live together sociably in close close confines. Yeah, I, I know um, Oshun comes up a lot related to hair care. Mm-hmm. So when I study some of the traditions in Nigeria specifically, they identify her as the first energy for a comb mm-hmm. or mirror and mm-hmm. like different hairstyles yes. are supposed to be honoring Just One of her Oshun. symbols is the comb. One mm-hmm. of her symbols is the comb. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the mirror as well, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So she's also noted for, you know, people associate Oshun with vanity, mm-hmm. which is not always, <laughs> I think that's a bit more of a new world uh, interpretation. Um, but I understand how they make that that that, that leap. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, Abatala, the Orisha, he's the elder Orisha, he's the king of the Orisha, he's the king of white cloth, he's the one that we associate with whiteness, and whiteness is not, it's really a metaphor for character. Mm-hmm. You know, Abatala is a metaphor for character, um, wisdom, knowledge, he's the wizened, you know, elder who's who's seen it all. Um, you know, and noted for his you know his 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 knowledge and his understanding. And uh, so, Obasala is very very important. Um, she's also associated with mountains. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Shango, Kawakabisile, Shango Obakoso. He is the king of Oyo. He is also another king. Um, he's associated with dance, drumming, um, um, the, the the arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shango is also associated with people who, 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 the silver tongue people, the people who make their living, salesmen, <laughs> preachers, teachers, the people who make their living by, by talking. You mm. know, uh, Shango is, is very, very uh, uh, athletic and, and debonair and, and, and gregarious and the life of the party and things like that. So there's it's, it's a, it's a whole bunch of different <laughs> dynamics and personalities. Mm-hmm. But what these, 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 these uh, uh, I guess you would call them, uh, I'm looking for the word, they're different. Um, Avatar types, or what we call them, um, they're, they're metaphors for different aspects of life, personality types, mm-hmm. if you will, um, and they give us an idea of, of, of the kind of people we are. Mm-hmm. You know, so when someone is said to be a child of Obatala, or a child of Oshun, or a child of Shango, they said you share some of the traits, the the the, the, the basic ashe that that Orisha represents, is 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 in you. Mm-hmm. So so. Yeah, well, well, I re- I remember getting um, a reading from you. And I was like almost keeping my fingers crossed that that Oshun would hold my head, every and I was woman, so shocked. Every woman wants Oshun. Yeah, I was like, Obatala. Oh, like mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, me. But it makes sense mm-hmm. in terms of the work that I do and mm-hmm. my studies and mm-hmm. things like this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, like that's that's what um, you know. My mind is mm-hmm. really a part of the work that mm-hmm. I do. So I'm like, okay, I could see it as a psychologist. Mm-hmm. I could see, but I remember feeling really upset. Every, every, <laughs> about that. A lot of people come to the tradition. Every, every woman wants to be the daughter of Oshun. And, and it's, it's, that's that's proverb right there. <laughs> so you have to break the news to people that not every woman is Oshun. Nah. Yeah, and I've received um, specific advice from you mm-hmm. about appearance and dress, mm-hmm. and so you've shared the importance 
of wearing white clothes um, at least one day a week, mm -hmm. um, wearing white clothes to bed. Even even advised me to not wear certain colors in mm -hmm. my head wraps mm -hmm. um, based on my spiritual needs. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit then about the association of color with mm -hmm. the Orishas? Right. Well, all the Orishas are associated with certain color combinations, certain numbers, certain uh, items, if you will. So for example, in your case, Albatala's Batala, number is eight, mm. and he's associated with white, the color, uh, uh, you know, white. And we call that Awofunfun uh, in Yoruba. That's how we say uh, white. <clears throat> and colors have vibrations. Mm. And these vibrations can attract and or repel certain types of things. So the reason why we wear white is because white is, is it, it reflects, it repels. It also, is, it also attracts as well, but white has a way of, 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 of allowing for, for uh, uh, a certain kind of serenity and peaceful uh, nature. It's also for transformation as well. Mm -hmm. Particularly when we're doing rituals, we want people to wear white because very often when we're doing rituals, we're trying to transform a person's situation. One from something negative to something positive or from something that is positive but something they want to make more positive. So white also facilitates transformation. Um, you have colors like red. Red is considered hot. It's mm -hmm. considered very, very fiery. So a lot of times uh, the divination may be that a person shouldn't wear red. Or if they wear red, they have to break it up. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't wear like a red top. They can maybe wear something with red in it in the top. And they definitely shouldn't wear, say, for example, they might say don't wear anything red on, on your head. Mm -hmm. Red cap or red, you know, head wrap. Um, uh, black is another color, you know. But some, and, and this is not for everybody. Some people can wear black. Some mm -hmm. people can wear red. Um, but... It's, uh, it is, those are probably the two most prohibitive colors in our tradition. Mm. Um, then you have people, then there's certain patterns. There's certain times we tell people, based on the, the pattern that falls in the, in the Odu, that they shouldn't wear paisley or they shouldn't wear plaids mm. or they shouldn't wear <laughs> uh, eyelets, you know, mm. material that has holes in it. You know mm. what I mean? Um, whether it's man-made holes, you know, or whether it's designed that way. You know, certain fabrics come with, with, with you know, with openings in it. Um, you know, shouldn't wear fishnet stockings, things like that, mm -hmm. because of the energy that it brings. It talks about losing one's e-red, not being able to hold mm -hmm. one's, you know, e-red. So it, it's, it's colors, it's all, all, it's different things for different people. It all depends on the pattern that falls. It all depends on the, the orientation of that pattern and, uh, and the situation that the person is in. So mm -hmm. it has, it's, it, it, get, it gets a little bit intricate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes me think about, I guess, more of the, Asian perspective of um, <coughs> chakras and things like that. Mm -hmm. Each color is supposed to have a certain vibration or mm -hmm. energy mm -hmm. and even associate with a certain part of the body mm -hmm. um, and to promote healing or wellness or control if something's out of balance as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, this is interesting in terms of how um, the system includes the colors as a way to, um, I guess, go deeper into spiritual systems. Mm -hmm. But I'm also thinking about the connections and the work that we do together. Mm -hmm. um, so I've witnessed you um, do divinations both in Nigeria mm -hmm. and in the U.S., um, even at my home and your home and other mm -hmm. places. And a lot of the work seems like what I do in my therapy private practice. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted you to kind of give some examples of um, some of the topics that people come to consult you about, and even to what degree are you like a therapist in your work? <laughs> Baba Lau, uh yes, with therapists, with psychologists, with, <laughs> we're, we're part medical doctor, part herbalist, part counselor, um, a little bit part you know litigator, judge, a little bit of everything. You know, Ifa <laughs> is 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 very very vast. It is the it is the it is the 
akasha, if you, if you will, of, 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 of human existence. So Ifa, Babylon has to be versatile. Um, not saying that we know everything about everything, because the Bible hours do specialize in various mm -hmm. aspects of Ifa. Someone dealing herbs, you know what I mean? So you could do like referrals, like a therapist. Absolutely, do like, absolutely. Oh, Some a, people that I know that do mm -hmm. herbs, I'll tell the person, you go call this person and, mm -hmm. and they, you know, and tell them X, Y, and Z, or give them the old do, or tell them what, and they, you know. So there's certain people that, that, that just deal with herbs, and some people who just deal with chanting and divination. Some who just deal with sacrifice, you know. Um, every it, it, it's, it's it's vast and wide. Mm -hmm. It's very, 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 very wide open, uh, uh, and. Just like you go to university, you have different people with different kind of majors and different kind of points and areas of emphasis. You find <laughs> the same way. Um, but to answer your question, and I'm trying to recall exactly how what I wanted to say. Yeah, what do people come to speak okay, with you yeah. about? Like, people, what are some uh, of the questions yeah. they ask you? Well, <laughs> the usual. You know, everybody wants to know about money. <laughs> you know, or, or, or something related to money, job or, or business, uh, offer, opportunity, or something like that. Everybody wants to know about their relationship. Uh, you know, you know, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, man, you know, husband, wife, whatever it is. People, so, uh, do you ever tell people to end the relationship? It depends. Mm -hmm. on what what old do falls? Mm -hmm. What old do falls on the what pattern falls, and, and what that pattern is saying, what the story might say. I might not tell them to end the relationship, but there may be a story in that particular old do or uh, that talks about it. I might say it's imminent, or it's going to happen, mm -hmm. or something's going to change, or whatever have you. Um, understanding always that people have the ability to, they have ori. Everybody has, a, you can decide that it's not going to end. You can decide that I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, it probably won't end well, but mm. but yes, I, I've had times to tell people that the relationship is, is not solid. It's not going to go the way that they want it to go, or there's something or someone else out there better, or someone, something out there that is more in line with what is, you know, what Ifa or what their, what their ori, you know, is, is, is in need of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but people talk about that. They talk about uh, moving. Mm -hmm. um, again, job situations, uh, children. Mm -hmm. so I've had people, clients come to me because they wanted children. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, they wanted, they, they wanted, you know, children. So, you know, the, the whole gamut. Sometimes people are sick. Mm -hmm. they, need, they need advice for, for, for health. Um, I've had clients come to me who are terminally ill. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's not easy. Um, yeah, so the, the, all the life situations you can think of that people want to know answers to, uh, they they'll uh, they'll they'll come and ask. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking I probably asked you questions related to all those topics <laughs> too. Yeah. And I hear people ask me about those topics, but it's what I think what a major difference is between a therapist and a babalao is for a therapist we try to help the person answer it themselves. Right. Versus it sounds like a babalao will actually do a spiritual reading and give a a recommendation well, based on yeah. On what's... Well, we try to do both. We understand that when people mm -hmm. come to sit with us, that mm -hmm. there's certain things that the client or patient, depending on how you, <laughs> how you see them, wants. So we have to factor that in as well. Mm -hmm. And then there's what Ifa or what their destiny mm -hmm. is, is saying that mm -hmm. they need to do. So there's a balance. So when mm -hmm. we when we when at the end of a divination, when we prescribe the 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 abo, the the sacrifice, the, the things that must be done in the way of offerings to 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 the to the uh, to the shrine, it's Supposed, ideally, they're supposed to be a combination of what to help manifest some of the things that the client wants, and to manifest the things that Ifa or their destiny wants manifested. Mm -hmm. We come here with a destiny. We come here to do certain things and accomplish certain things and achieve certain things. And oftentimes, we get down here, we get, we get in the world, and we get confused. We get mm -hmm. we get turned around. We start wanting things that are not consistent with what it is we signed up for, what mm -hmm. it is we agreed to do before we came back to the world. So. 
we have to stay true to the mission that we agreed to with Olo Dumare, with our creator. But also we understand that people get down here and they want certain things, you know, for themselves. There's nothing wrong with wanting a nice car or, or a new house or, you know, uh, you know, uh, a nice pair of shoes or a bag and all that. Those things are great. So we want to try to make sure that we are incorporating in the wishes and desires of the person and those things that they have to do or those things that are are, are crucial to the attainment of their destiny. So mm. it's, it's a combination. Mm. Yeah, it, it makes me think about um, a book called The Psychology of Blacks by Dr. Thomas Parham. Mm -hmm. And in there, he makes references to Yoruba tradition. And he he says a key to mental health is um, ori ire. That's how he's tra translating it to mean to mm -hmm. align your consciousness with your destiny. Mm -hmm. That a lot of times that we experience stress mm -hmm. and distress when we are not aligning ourselves with our purpose or Absolutely. destiny. Absolutely. And so it sounds like part of the spiritual consultation is to realign the person yes. in that yes. way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Ori is everything. Ori, we... Your ori is your personal deity, your personal God. Every the creator gives everybody ori. Everybody that comes to the world has an ori. Mm -hmm. And that is your personal orisha. That's the most important orisha. Everybody says they want to be all shun or all about it. <laughs> the most, imp most important orisha is the one sitting on top of your head. Mm. You say in Ephi that there's no blessing, there's no uh, good fortune that any orisha can give to you that will be accepted if your ori doesn't accept it. If your ori doesn't accept it, then that, that blessing will go by the wayside. Mm. So ori is, is supreme. Your ori, your head, your your, your consciousness, consciousness is supreme. And so ori ire literally means the good fortune of my ori. Ori is, mm. is head or consciousness. Ire mm. means blessings or good fortune. Mm. That my head is my blessing. So we believe that ire is actually a function of having a good head. If a person has a good head, then Iray will 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 flow into their life. Mm -hmm. When a person is out of alignment with their with their destiny, then e, e, then something we call EB takes mm. up, which is which is blockage or friction. These are the things that get in the way of blessings coming into our life. But it's not like something from the outside is causing it. Most oftentimes, it's your ori, your head. You're, mm -hmm. you're not in alignment with your destiny. You're not in alignment with what it is you're supposed to be doing. You're creating your own mm. block blessings. Mm. So, okay. So, so we, we can block our blessings, and, and it sounds like the spiritual work can help to Absolutely. unblock it. Because what we do with sacrifice, and people don't understand, the healing power of sacrifice, is sacrifice is a sign to the divine. Hmm. It's, it's spiritual signature to the divine that certain things and certain energies have been, have, uh, or, uh, have been met, or certain spiritual demands or certain spiritual prices have been met. Because we believe that everything that happens on earth first has to happen in the invisible realm mm. or the heavenly realm, the mm -hmm. spiritual realm. So we're sending signs to the spiritual realm that certain things are in order or certain debts have been paid or certain prices or certain uh, uh, offerings have been made so that the forces that generate the blessings that come from the invisible world into the visible world are satisfied and those those, those energies or those things can, can begin the process of matriculating to the earth and coming mm. to our lives. <laughs> Just like your thoughts, you know, before you created... Before you became Dr. Uh, Fia, you had to go to school. But you had a, mm -hmm. it, that, that thought, the idea of becoming Dr. Fia had to exist before Dr. Fia existed. Mm -hmm. It's the same idea with sacrifice. <laughs> sacrifice helps to release because it's a sign mm -hmm. to, 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 to spiritual energies. Nothing that comes into the world without it meeting the, 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 the uh, what do you call it, the approval of 
Oludumare or any of the, the ambassadors or representatives of Oludumare, who we call Orisha, the 401 Orisha. So we're appealing to them to help us and to, to, to help us to negotiate this life and to make things happen. I need money for this. I need a house. I need a car. My children go to school, all that kind of thing. But we have to make sacrifice for that. We have to, we have to. And again, we, and we make sacrifice on the earth. You know, again, you went to school, that was a sacrifice. It took time, mm-hmm. it took money, it took, Boy, did it. It took a lot of things. You know what I mean? <laughs> we make sacrifice for everything. If there's no, in our tradition, if there's one line that I would say defines E5, it would be the price of life is sacrifice. There's nothing in this world you're going to get that's worth anything without giving up something for it. Mm. So the whole thing is to give up something. The hope is that what you get for what you give up is greater than what you give up. Mm. So we want to give up time, energy, effort, but we're hopeful that what we get in return will be even greater than what it is we gave up. Mm-hmm. And that's the same idea behind the sacrifice we make to the deity. Mm. All right, so the price of life is sacrifice. Yes, ma'am. So for people who are interested in further developing in their spirituality, and specifically African spirituality, um, what would some of your recommendations be in terms of resources on how to... Um, develop good character or further good character or even book recommendations i know you gave one if there are other mm-hmm. um places that people can gather information um about developing um a healthy head mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um spiritual practices well I'll, I'll begin by saying you know in the world we live in today with social media and everything, the internet is a, is a minefield Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not comfortable suggesting too many things. I don't really deal on, I don't have to, fortunately, but <laughs> I don't deal on, I don't go on the internet chat rooms and groups and stuff and talking about. That's like the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that stuff. Or, no or Instagram whatever. account. Even, or I have, I have, I have those things, but I'm okay. saying, but I'm talking about there are groups of people that, that, <laughs> that do that. On Facebook, there's groups mm-hmm. and on all these other, there are groups of people that go and talk about their research and they go and. And, you know, what do I do with this? And how, you know, and I'm like, that's, first of all, you don't know who you're talking to. Mm. Anybody could be anybody. That you know, is this, true. You know, anybody could put Baba this or, or Ia that, um, you know, mm-hmm. and tell you that they're this or that. And you don't know. Mm-hmm. So my thing is to people is that at the end of the day, you have to meet people. You have to, if I would tell, if people wanted to know anything about the tradition, I would tell them to find a reputable uh, Olorisha uh, which is a, a shrine work of uh, a, a, a priest or priestess of a particular Risha or a reputable Babalao Iyanifa, which is a priest of, 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 of Rumila. And how do you find that person? You find that person through references. You find that person by asking questions. You find that person by, you know, knowing somebody that knows somebody, the mm-hmm. old-fashioned way. You know, that, 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 really, that's really the best way. Mm-hmm. And even then, I would tell people, even once you get a good recommendation of someone who comes highly recommended, you go and you check them out. You check them out. You check their family out. You check out the people who are around them. You check out the people, their 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 so-called godchildren, which is a term I don't really like, but their students, the people who come and study and worship with them. And you look at them and their lives. And are these people's lives improving? Are these people living what you consider to be moral and ethical lives? Mm-hmm. And it may take some time for you to determine those things. Um, uh, and then at the end of the day, use that deity that sits on top of your shoulders called Ori. Mm-hmm. And... Don't allow people to scare you into doing things. There's a lot of unscrupulous stuff going on out here. And, mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't make me proud to say that, but I don't want to deceive people. Mm-hmm. Um, so people will tell you, oh, you're going to die, or you need this, or you got to have this medicine. And people are using all sorts of excuses that, to have relations with, with people and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's the same thing. It's in, every, it's, in, it's in the church, it's in the mosque, it's in the synagogue, it's in the temple. It's in, mm-hmm. it's in our elays as well. It happens. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not saying it's wide, widespread, but it happens. 
Mm-hmm. I've, I've known of incidents that have happened over the years, and it's really unfortunate. So I always tell people, exercise good judgment. Get people who are recommended uh, by other people. Uh, check their references. Meet them. How do they feel to you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How, how, you know, when you're around that person, you know, I don't care how highly recommended they come or what somebody says. If that person don't feel right. If your ovary is telling you, you know, your spidey senses that they say are tingling, <laughs> something's not right, then something's not right. Mm-hmm. That person might be great, but it might not be the right person for you. Trust your gut. Trust what your ovary tells you. And don't be afraid to move on and, 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 and make that decision. Um, and again, you know, you have time. You know, you, just because you go get a divination or reading from somebody doesn't mean that that person is your godfather, your godmother. People, you know, people somehow insinuate that. It's not true. You just, you're going to, it's like going to get a, uh, uh, you know, going to see a lawyer about a case. And whether or not, he doesn't mean he's your lawyer. He hasn't agreed yeah. to take you on. You haven't agreed for him to be your lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, just, you're just interviewing lawyers. Okay. So you go get a divination. It's similar. Yeah, it sounds even similar to finding a psychologist or even a barber or beautician, like that you can get that initial consultation yes, right. and based on how right. it goes to see if you want to continue exactly. with that person. Exactly. All right. Very okay. good. Very good analogy. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. So I know that, <laughs> that frame very well. Mm. Yeah. And so I guess to even wrap things up, um, what would you recommend to listeners in terms of really... Um, Taking care of the, their ori, how should people take care of their spiritual health? Does it include like prayer or meditation? Does it include wearing certain things? Or is it best to meet with someone who could advise you? How, how can people start the process if after this they want to get into the, this? It involves system? everything you just said. Now, the question is, where does one start? And I always believe you should start with yourself. Hmm. I believe that people need to do what I call self-work. Mm-hmm. You need to do the self-work. And that means really sitting down and asking yourself some hard questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? What do I want mm-hmm. in life? What do I want out of life? Who do I serve? Questions like that, deep questions. These are questions that don't you don't answer in one day or two days or even <laughs> a week. But these are the kind of questions that people need to be working on all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people... Um, and the reason why you need that is because these are the questions that end up becoming the foundation that are going to allow you to evaluate what other people tell you. Mm. When you go to the Bible Lao, or you go to a priest, or you go to a, a psychologist, or you go to anybody, or a good friend, somebody that gives you advice. If you don't have those basic questions answered in yourself, you're not going to be able to evaluate anything anybody else tells you because you have nothing to, 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 to judge it against. There's no foundation. So I think that that's where it, where it begins. Meditation helps. I believe ritual helps. Um, you know, I believe people, everyone should establish an ancestral altar or establish a relationship with your ancestors. It's not the altar that matters. You know, it's not the altar becomes a a focal point mm-hmm. for us to, to to. It's like creating. I always like in shrines or or, or altars to creating spiritual antenna, mm-hmm. and you create a vibration based on the items and the numbers and the colors. That allow you to that our ancestors have have determined facilitate communication with a certain uh, said spirit. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Bashango, color is red and white. Um, number is six. He's associated with with wood, particularly in the New World, cedar wood. A lot of his items are made out of wood. Shango is associated with the uh, thunderstones. Shango, really stones in general, all stones, mm-hmm. thunderstones. Um, so these are the kind of items that one might want to put to create an altar for Shango. Mm-hmm cloth that's red and white, uh, things like that. Uh, so what this does, it creates a vibration that allows us to begin to interface with this deity, this entity, this this Orisha, this aspect of, of the creator that we call Shango. 
And then later on, things are done to, to enhance that. There's certain herbs that we use to wash those sacred items with, and there's certain animals that we, 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 we emulate to feed those shrines, to charge them even more so, to, to raise the level. Mm -hmm. of, it's almost like when you go out on, on uh, with your satellite dish. You know, you got satellite <laughs> dishes that can pull down a signal, from, and then you got some satellite dishes that can go all halfway around the world mm -hmm. because of the, the level of, yeah. of intensity. So I say all that just to say that start with yourself. Mm -hmm. Then move out to your ancestors. Move out and establish an ancestral altar. And what goes on a good ancestral altar is anything that belongs to the ancestors. Pictures of them, uh, items of clothing that they may have had, um, jewelry, uh, could be an old Bible, could be rosary beads, it could be necklaces, brooches. Uh, you know, uh, my ancestral altar at home, in my mother's home, she has a little, she has a shoe that one of her twin sisters wore as an infant. Mm. That's on the ancestral altar. A little uh, dry rotted leather shoe, but it's, it, it, man, that's come from the 1940s, but it's yeah. still, it's, it's still there. You know, we, and that's on our ancestral altar. You know, pictures of all my various ancestors. Um, as well as, uh, you know, uh, other items that belong mm -hmm. to them, Bibles that belong to the family, you know what I mean? And these are the kind of items and things that we put on the ancestral altar. Um, and certain other items as well, you know, and this is what allows us to, to go to that space and when we call the names of our ancestors and we pour, pour, pour libation and, and invoke them to come, because we've done it so much and so many times, we, mm -hmm. we, are, we are confident that we are actually communing with that particular the spirit of our ancestors. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it sounds like you're really saying to honor yourself and um, really study yourself, but also honor your family and lineage. That's a key to Absolutely. spirituality. Absolutely. God, we, you know, people, everybody wants to go straight to God, and that's great. But we don't believe in the Ifa that God is accessible to human beings. Mm -hmm. God is not accessible um, directly <laughs> to human beings. Um, we believe that you have to go through proper channels and... The Creator has, cre has given us the various Orisha and ancestral societies and other entities that we can go and, and, and deal with as intermediaries. God is too awesome a concept to even be comprehended, much less mm -hmm. interface with. But that, there is no shrine to Olodumare. There is no mm -hmm. ritual uh, to Olodumare per se. There is no priesthood of Olodumare, the, 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 the Creator of, of, of heaven and earth. There are various Orisha. And you know, four hundred one of those. You know, we have to, we, you know, so they, they, so we look at the Orisha as differentiated energy of Olodumare. Mm -hmm. All the Orisha and all the shrines together is the essence of Olodumare, mm -hmm. God Almighty, so to speak. But when you differentiate those energies, then we get the four hundred one different aspects mm -hmm. of Olodumare. Mm -hmm. This is deep. Um, <laughs> Bob said, "Cool, thank you for sharing all this information um i'm sure that it will be helpful for people on various paths and processes in their spiritual journey and i really appreciated that you shared a lot about your experience and even the continual need for initiation mm -hmm. that it's not like you get an initiation and you're done there's always, always something else something else yeah. to grow we should always be evolving mm -hmm. we should always be growing um that's the that's the you know purpose of life is to continue growing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you try to get better to tomorrow than you are today. Mm -hmm. Try to be better today than you are yesterday. Mm. Okay. I have to write these all in my mirror <laughs> or something. Yeah, I can see why so many people are seeking your guidance. You have a lot of wisdom and <laughs> have really studied the tradition. Um, and like I was saying earlier, you know a range of topics. And I think that this is ideal in creating a life of good character. So thank you so much for joining me. But Baba Seku, how can listeners get in contact with you? Or are there any projects that you want to share with them? Or Well, well, right now my, my current project is my, my new podcast. Mm. Um, it's called Speak to After. 
It's very, very new. We're about to launch it. I'm, I'm in the process of uh, recording the initial episodes now, so Yay. I launched it with about half a dozen to a dozen episodes already on it. It'll nice. Be on, it'll be on uh, iTunes uh, next month, probably November, middle November, I'll say. Okay. So speak to after. Um, and as far as getting in contact with me, I am on... Uh, what is that? I, I'm not savvy with all this stuff. <laughs> Instagram, um, say, um, Baba Sekulayinka, and I'm also on Facebook. Um, I have a, 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 I guess I call it a fan page, Baba Sekulayinka, and I have my personal page, okay. Sekulayinka as well. But uh, yeah, so I can be reached there. And if somebody wants to actually email me, I'll give you my email. It's O S O L A Y I N, as in Nicholas, K A, at gmail.com. Nice. This was a, a whole bunch of information that you can gather from him. Do you even have a blog? I feel like there used to be a blog or a Well, the speak to after or? a blog. I'm going to merge all that okay, in the blog and the together. podcast is going to okay. be, when, I, the web, when the website is launched, there'll be a blog on there as okay. well as the Okay, podcast. he's doing a full launch. All right, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to stay tuned to all I'm trying to find the time to do the full launch, man. <laughs> five kids, is kind of hard. Yeah, but they're the best kids ever, though. It's so funny. Just I know I'm wrapping up, but... I know when um, Baba Sekou has stayed here with his family, my mom actually happened to be in a two-bedroom apartment mm. with all these people, but she was so impressed by how well-behaved your children are. She still brings it up, like, how's Baba Sekou and those kids? <laughs> She's so excited, and it really speaks to the good work that you're doing as a father and husband all and maintaining good the, character. All, all praise goes to the wife. They don't want to do it. <laughs> well, as always... Um, you can follow the latest psychotherapy information through our website, psychotherapy.org, and Instagram handle at psychotherapy. And of course, if you love this podcast, like I know you do love it, um, please consider sharing it. Share it to people with people who are exploring African spiritual systems, just exploring sp spirituality to give them an option to see that there are great traditions that are embedded in our cultural heritage. And so in closing, let's remember that a path to healthy hair is having strong roots. Thank you so much.